love the good news of Jesus Christ. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege, for the opportunity to come together and worship. And we ask that as we dive into your word, as we seek to understand the, your first advent, that you would enlighten us and help us to also understand your second advent. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I attended a performing arts academy in grade school. And something that we did every year was put on a spring musical. And the preparation for the school musical, or the school-wide musical, uh, which would be performed a total of three times, Friday afternoon, Saturday evening, and then Sunday afternoon for about 45 minutes to an hour, the preparation for that began at the top of each new year. So right when we came back from Christmas break, January, we hit the ground running preparing for this school-wide musical. And so casting would begin, which classes would do what, which individuals would play what characters. Our academic class schedule was adjusted so we could start learning choreography and music and run lines and drama class. We'd have costume fittings and work on set design and art class. And as the time drew closer to the show in May and spring, Class schedules were adjusted even more to fit in enough rehearsals for these three shows. It was madness. <laughs> and the amount of preparation it took for the school-wide spring musical every year was absolutely next level. And it just kept getting better each year. This was only four, like I said, three shows for 45 minutes. Our preparation time, though, was four to five months. Now, you may be tired of hearing of this person because they're currently all over uh, uh, media. The Eras Tour, yes, Taylor Swift, the <laughs> is the highest grossing tour of all time, reaching a total of one billion for those 60 shows. Wild. And I say that because I wanted to know the preparation process for that. And so Taylor Swift talks specifically about what she did to prepare for that tour. And she said the process was she ran on the treadmill every single day and sang all 40 songs on the treadmill while she ran, while the set list, the entirety of the set list. The show would last three hours. And so, uh, 
she pretty much trained as if she was going to run a marathon. And she would sing fast and run fast for fast songs and uh, speed walk or walk for slower songs, right? And so the physical prep for that took six months before the first show. And so she did strength training and she did weights and she did all of these things to prepare for the Eras Tour. Now, preparation is the same for any big event. We've got Broadway here, we've got movies, we've got TV, we have the Olympics, the Paris Olympics coming next year. You can bet Olympians have been training for years for the Olympics. Weddings, delivering a baby, right? Preparing for a baby. Every major event requires major preparation. Every major event requires major preparation for Christ's first advent, his first coming. The plan was laid before the foundation of the world and then, unfortunately, kicked into action in the Garden of Eden. From the moment humanity fell, preparation for Christ's first coming began. That's thousands of years of preparation. From Genesis to the arrival of Jesus Christ in the account of the Gospels, heaven has been busy, working tirelessly to prepare for the first coming of Jesus. And when Jesus finally came, the main people who understood heaven's extensive and global preparation were not prepared. Scripture says, he came to his own and his own received him not. As it is the holiday season, as you read and reflect on the story of Jesus, or really as you read and reflect on Scripture in general, Remember that one of the big contextual backdrops of your reading or of the scripture is preparation. The progression of the Old Testament sits on the idea that the Messiah is coming and preparation is happening. Both preparation in heaven and preparation on earth. In fact, I'd, I'd say focus on the behind the scenes Moments, moments where the two worlds of heaven and earth meet, where the moments where divine messages, messages from heaven make their way to earth. And you'll begin to see the extent of preparation that heaven was doing for the advent. In order to usher in Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, there was much preparation. Let's look at our text of emphasis again. Mark chapter 1, reading from verse 1 to verse 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, was divinely birthed and appointed for the special mission of giving the message of preparing the way of the Lord. You know, in the time of, of kings, in the time of uh, monarchs, if they were going to another town or if they were going on a trip, they would send what we call a herald in front of them. And the herald uh, uh, would loudly proclaim whatever message the king or the monarch wanted them to, wanted to be known, wanted the people to know. And so they go maybe a month ahead or days ahead or potentially even a year ahead and proclaim a particular message so that when the king arrived, people were prepared. Now, John the Baptist was the herald of Jesus Christ. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. That, that phrase, Prepare the way of the Lord. What was it exactly that needed preparing? Or rather, who? John the Baptist's message of preparation was about people. People needed preparing. Not things. Not setting your house in order, people. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the people. How do you get people ready to meet a coming king? Have you ever tried to get a group of people together to do the same thing or do a particular thing? They, they say it's herding cats. It's like herding cats, right? How do you get people prepared. And, and not just, this isn't just any king, right? This is a king of divine order, right? Because up to this point, this is a king that the Jewish nation had been waiting for for almost 4,000 years. Isaiah 9-6 calls Jesus the wonderful counselor, the, the prince of peace, a king who values righteousness as the foundation of his government, one who values truth, one who values justice and integrity in the hearts of his people. To prepare a people for this kind of king requires a divine inner work. Verse 4 and 5 highlight it for you again. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Baptism of repentance. John was appointed 
as a divine messenger to proclaim a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I would say it this way. He was appointed to call people to an experience of divine preparation. A baptism of repentance is spiritual preparation. Think about it this way. The Jewish nation is going to meet God, Emmanuel, God with us, in the flesh, in human flesh, face to face for the very first time. The advent. Have you ever met someone or done something for the first time? I'd say meet someone. That's more applicable. So I have this, uh, my favorite Christian band, which no longer makes music as a band. They're called Rivers and Robots. And I love, love that band. I love their music. And so me, maybe it's just me, when I really love something, I'm all into it and I'm all zoned in. And so when I discovered this band, I listened to every single record, every single song, every single collab, every, everything. Everything that they had out, I listened to it, right? I looked them up on YouTube, I went to their website. I just, I, I needed to know everything. And they were having a concert, I booked tickets to the concert, I'm like, I'm gonna try and meet them. <laughs> I gotta meet them. So I'm prepping myself, and you know, I, I fix myself up. I got to meet them, and then I get there, do the concert. Concert was amazing, of course. And for someone who talks a, a good amount, I get quiet when they, <laughs> I get starstruck. And they're there, and I have nothing to say. And I'm like, in my head, I know everything about you, right? <laughs> we take a picture, and that's the moment. Oh, I blew it. Meeting someone for the first time. There's a preparation, preparation process involved, right? And it could be quite extensive. The character Esther, before she could meet the Persian king, she prepared for 12 months, an entire year, before she could even meet him. Preparation could be Extensive. And so John the Baptist is sent to draw attention to this divine event. And he's like, prepare. Prepare. And this message, his message, tells us that part of the preparation process for individuals meeting a divine king is a baptism of repentance. What does that mean? It's the experience of self-acknowledgement, of cleansing of a death of the old person who you used to be and a rebirth of a new repentance, just for a dictionary effect, it means it's a sorrow for sin or remorse for something wrong that you did. And then also turning away from it, being sorry and then turning away from it. It's, it's only through the power and intervention of God that that can be a true deep experience. Remorse for wrongdoing and redirection. I don't know about you, but there are some things I do that I don't really feel bad for. <laughs> Being honest. I must be the only one. That's all right, that's all right. I have to ask God for a change with that. 
It just doesn't come naturally for some things. And that's the reality. Acts chapter 531 says that repentance is something that God himself gives. God is the source. God is the source by which one experiences deep remorse and change. And that experience of repentance is the catalyst for deep transformation in the life. A change that is so deep, so thorough, that you become a new person. The Bible says a new creation. A new creation to even the extent of being recognizable only by outward appearance. I remember uh, after my undergrad had uh, completed at Michigan State, I left to school one way, and I came back a completely different person, and my mom was like, who are you? <laughs> Where's Michelle? <laughs> Unrecognizable, only recognizable because of my out outer exterior. And logic tells us simply, and we mentioned it before, every major event requires major preparation, right? And the same goes for the advent of Christ. Every divine event requires divine preparation. Verse 7 and 8 in this passage he proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John's divine message of preparation was a reminder to the people that this preparation, this process, you cannot do it by yourself. You cannot do it yourself. He said, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You cannot baptize yourself with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because divine events require divine preparation. If it's God's event, his hand must be in the preparation process. What's being prepared? People. You and me. We cannot of our own frail, earthly strength prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. Being ready for the coming of the Lord is not about stocking up uh, on food for doomsday. It's not about the pursuit of perfection or living a perfect life. It's not about fame or this ascension to earthly greatness. It's not about that. Preparation for the coming of the Lord is an internal work. The internal transformation that must be done in one's life. It's a work 
that God himself, one, must approve, and because of that, he must do it. He's the one that does the internal work inside. The divine preparation to prepare for the return of Jesus Christ is a work of the heart. It's a work of the heart. This is divine preparation of major proportions. It's argued that the greatest miracle is a changed life. It's not the parting of the Red Sea. It's not the, the plagues. It's not even making a lame man walk. The greatest miracle, the greatest event is change. Change in one's life. To prepare a people for a divine event, such as the coming of a great king, God himself must be the preparer. And so Jesus Christ baptizes believers with the Holy Spirit. The divine preparer. God the Spirit is the agent of deep internal life transformation that takes place in the hearts of people. For example, if you know the story of Saul in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, Saul was a religious guy, very zealous for the cause of the Lord, even to the point where uh, he was killing Christians. He was religious, but he wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost. And immediately on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, Jesus shows up and he's like, Saul, what are you doing? He's like, what? Who are you, Lord? And then the rest of his story changed. He wasn't the same. He looked the same, but he wasn't the same. He wasn't the same. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. But what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's the same idea as being filled by God's Spirit. Same idea. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is God's presence and work in your heart, okay? or in the life, through the power of the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit. Right? And what, what does that look like? What's that process look like? Look, when God is in your heart, when God is here, he begins to, to help you see what's out of whack in your life. It's like shining a light, like zooming in on some things you, you may not have noticed. And then with your permission, he begins to do his work. Purifying, cleansing, like Jeremiah says, he begins working your heart like a piece of clay. Remolding it. Or, or like the Bible says, like a refiner's fire. Like a, the refiner. Burning away the dross out of precious metals. And all the unwanted things he gets rid of. He purifies. Till your heart is brand new. In fact, he even promises, I will give you a new heart. Make it like new. The work of 
the spirit on a human heart is so deep, so complete, so thorough, that you will truly become a new person, a new creation, recognizable only by outward exterior. John 16, 13 tells us that when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. This is what happens when the Spirit is in your life. He will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment, says John 16. Welcome. Your sensitivity to evil and wrong is heightened. So when you see things around you that are out of harmony with what God's been showing you in your heart, could feel it. And if you've ever wondered whether God is abiding in your life, then scripture gives us a key. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 23 says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What is produced in your life as a result of having God here are all of these beautiful attributes that fit precisely into the kingdom of the coming king, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. If you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, these are the changes that should begin to manifest themselves in your experience. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is divine preparation. This is the work of God, preparing people for his return. Maybe you feel like your experience with God has been stagnant been on hold maybe for a long time. But rest assured, that doesn't mean it's over. The word of God says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, my favorite verse, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This was the preparation for the first advent. This is also the same preparation for the second advent, when Jesus comes again. Last question, what's my role? What do I do now? How do I experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, if it's God that has to do it, and you believe that he can, and he will, then ask him. Ask him. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Ask him. Anyone play jump rope here? Double Dutch? I love double Dutch. And so when I'm ready to hop in the rope, you know, you got to move to the rhythm, right? 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 And you count it, right? And then, and then you go. God is waiting like this. And when you say go, he's going to jump in. He's going to do his work. And I pray, remember, the burden of inward preparation 
rests on God alone. That's the gospel. And I pray that you desire that. And I pray that that would be your experience. For we ask in Jesus' name.